Hey everybody, welcome back to this. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> you know what you clicked on. This is Murder Blows. We have taken a couple weeks off in honor to kind of save some space for some of our fellow Black podcasters and trying to amplify their voices right now. And that's a practice we can take through our everyday lives. And so this week, Sasha talks about the Tulsa Race Massacre. We do talk a little bit about what's going on in the world and how we've tried to talk to some family members and, you know, some things like that. So it's it's a good episode. It's an important episode. And I think that 2020 is changing, but it's changing for the best. And I think it's it, we're going to get through it. These, these, we're, we're a strong generation. We're going to be okay. And we're going to have to see change and we're going to have to hold people accountable. And it's on us to make those changes through the different outlets that we can. I don't know if that made sense, but I feel like we've been talking a lot. But anyway, also in this really untraditional intro, I want to shout out an apology because the last couple episodes we've had, I've brought up Sean King as a reference and as a resource. And now I've learned a little bit more about him and I don't recommend. I like to think of him as like a shock jock of Instagram and news. So if you follow him, just be super careful what you click on because it can be triggering, especially to um, black people and other people of color, because it's just really shocking, violent stuff. And I know it's important to see, but it's also important not to be desensitized when it comes to that stuff, because we have to stay sharp, you know, just use caution when you click on that profile. And at the same time, maybe don't give money to him. Don't give money to change.org. Find the the root of what the GoFundMe is or what the petition is and whether it goes directly to the family or to like a service or whatever. Just try to back up where you're putting your money. So I know it's hard. I know it feels like we don't know what to do sometimes, but just take a second, listen, read, try to learn, and we're all in this together. And we really appreciate you listening, and we love you, and thank you for clicking on this episode. And my name is Maisie, and I'm here with Cody, Sasha, and Violet in spirit. Well, she was in this episode, but she had to leave before we did the intro. But yep, play the intro music. Thanks for listening. Bye. What are you doing? How's mm. what? Everybody doing? Mm-hmm. You know. Kind of like that? You know. Yeah. 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 Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm starting work next week again. <gasps> yes, Maisie. I know. I don't know what the hours will look like, but it's Also fine. terrifying, but you know. If least, you're excited, I'm excited. At least there's hours. Yeah. Gotta make that money. I always think I have so much to talk about, and then I get on here, and I'm like, well, okay. Okay. Well, That's nice. Yeah. Well. Um, well, everything's super depressing, so. Oh, yeah. It's all burning. I talked to my dad yesterday. That was interesting. It's fun. <laughs> I, 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 I got my Snapchat rant kind of like beforehand and then we actually talked 
Well, because, okay, so Sunday night he sent me some pretty aggressive text messages about how I have family members that fought in the Civil War for the Confederacy, obviously, <laughs> and that I need to be proud of my heritage and that it's in my blood. And then he sent me a video of a Ronald Reagan speech. And then he sent me a video of a Malcolm X speech. But I agreed with Malcolm X one because he was talking about how dangerous a white liberal is. Like yeah. Central Park Amy, you know? <laughs> and then I tried to watch the Reagan one and I was like, I don't even know what I'm listening to. Why like, in the world would he compare those two men? I don't <laughs> like, know. That's he said like Reagan comparing... was the best last head of state we had. I was He's like... like you're high. You're high. Are you? <laughs> high? You're high. You're not even high because you'd be even... much chiller than this. Dude, for real. But he called me the or texted me the next morning. I was like, "Hey, I was being a butthole. I'm really sorry. I just get heated about this stuff." And I was like, "I would really appreciate for you not to drunk text me after you've already been ranting on Facebook. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't need that energy added at me." <laughs> and so yesterday we had a an interesting conversation. I wouldn't call it good. But there was no yelling and there was no preaching. So in my book, that was a win. But he very much was like, I understand that racism is an issue. And I understand that the police definitely need to change a lot of their rules and how they run things. But he was like, I don't understand why people are the thing like looting and rioting. And why is that happening in other states that doesn't have to do with Minneapolis? And I was like, Dad, people are still upset about Emmett Till. And he was like shocked I knew about Emmett Till. And I was like, because I've learned so much in the past few weeks more than I ever did in a public school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Honestly and truly, like, so much. And then, yeah, his biggest thing is he just doesn't understand why everyone wants to come for the Confederacy now. (laughs) Now? uh, Just now. Right now in this moment. as It's not like Nazis protested uh, tearing monuments down, like, three years ago or anything that definitely didn't happen i just i i was like so he said if i hear white privilege one more time i'm gonna lose it why can't we all just be nice to each other and i was like (laughs) because we have hundreds of years to uh like that's what we're aiming for right everyone to be fucking nice to each other because that's not been happening no (laughs) and it's not gonna happen by tomorrow so yeah it, we got to that's the thing that I have the hardest part with is like there's so much white privilege that like white people don't even know what they're saying is wrong when they say stuff like like yeah that's a hundred percent what it is it's like so ingrained yeah that I'm like your quote unquote heritage was a five year battle. And you can't, like... And you lost! I was gonna <laughs> say that you fucking lost, bro. Like, that's, like, bragging... You were I'm proud that my family well, it's were It's not even, losers. like, backing the, the Confederacy. It's, like, I've, I've, I've been talking to a couple people, and they're just, like... Like... You know, they bring up, like, Morgan Freeman and how he supposedly, like doesn't see race and they're like he's black and i'm like he's also morgan fucking freeman yeah like <laughs> say that you tom on the city council don't get to exactly yeah. like so- he hasn't had like general generational wealth taken from him and if he did like he isn't affected by it by now like now 
you know, and I'm like, there are so many struggling people out there. Don't take Oprah Winfrey or Morgan Freeman and shove them in my face because they're not the (laughs) average black person. They're also like one black person in a white, another white dominated field. Like, yeah, absolutely. How many talk show hosts are black? Oprah. (laughs) And Trevor Noah now. Tyra oh, yes. Banks. No. <laughs> She's not. Actually, well, she was a talk show host. She was. She's yeah. a little bit. She's questionable. Besides right. the point. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I was just playing a game. I was like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> numbers are not Go equal, ahead. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, what I was going to say earlier is like, how can you live through seeing all of this like over and over and over again and still being like, it's just a few bad apples. There's no issue. The like, few bad apples thing drives me bonkers. Like, there's the guy yeah. that did the Dark Knight shooting is in jail, like surviving. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how many times do we read cases of these people that uh, are not found guilty by police? And believe me, I'm a big forensic files person. I assume everyone that listens to this podcast are. <laughs> but like, but like. The police are nine times out of ten. How many police officers frame people just to get them in fucking jail? How uh, many? Drugs. We, have, we have lawyers that specialize in wrongful convictions. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> that tells you something. Why do we have to have that, right? I mean... So, I was listening to a podcast. I put it on my Instagram story today, but it's the Sergeant Dorsey says, and she is a black woman, but she's also a LA uh, PD retired surgeon or sar- surgeon. Yep, I said what I said. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's a weird role. <laughs> they were she's needed. a sergeant surgeon. I'm she impressed. A, she was a surgeon uh, for 20 years, and she uh, was over the like, you know paroling cops so the cops that are out on the street all the time so she saw a lot of shit and she had a really good point she said that when it comes to like defunding the police and what that can look like the head of the beast for the police department is the police union which i did not even think of so the police union is like iab and all the criminal you know like shows and stuff and they're gonna protect their own people but you also have the police union giving money to local politicians. So those politicians are going to cover up the asses of the people in the police union. Fuck up. Thereby covering up the asses of the officers that have done wrong. That's why George Zimmerman that killed Trayvon Martin was technically like charged. And when he was acquitted, he was allowed to work in a different County as a police oh, officer seal. Cause that rule was not in place. So disgusting. Derek Chauvin, the one, the guy that killed, George Floyd, that was his 19th offense. He should have never gotten to 18 offenses. What happened to, what's that, what's that Michael Scott quote where he's like, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, strike three. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Like, that is 19, that's way too many. There's all, there, it's just, if I did 19 things wrong at my job, I would be hella fired. And it's I'm telling so... you, five of those could have been like, I put paper clips in the wrong spot. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. And then comes to defunding the police. My dad was the one that told me this because he has a little bit of law enforcement experience. He said that a huge part of the budget for police, um, for like precincts and departments are 
their pensions. So they have their 401k, their retirement, plus a pension. And most of that money goes to their pension. I said, they don't need that. Give them retirement like everybody else. Yep. Yeah, for real. Also, if you look at their annual salaries and then you look at the budget, I'd be really fucking pissed that I don't get paid enough. (laughs) Like, Oh, really? Yeah. They don't get paid for much And that's my thing, too, is like, yeah, in comparison to, I mean, okay, let's think of theoretically like the good apples, right? These theoretical good apples out there. I'm not saying theoretical. They are out there, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Let's say that they are putting their lives out on the line every single day. You know, like they have to be trained in certain aspects that normal people don't get because they're, you know, of their profession. They have to deal with all sorts of shit, you know, getting spat on, getting fought, you know, like running and chasing after people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they do a lot. No, but like the percentage of that is like they've compared it to teachers. Like obviously it's not as low as being a teacher, but teachers, well, in a better day, we're not at risk of getting shot up every day. Um, right. Well, you know what I mean? Like, but teachers make an astronomically like these are the people that are molding our kids' minds and like yeah. teaching them things. And the reason why I think they're not doing it is because they don't get fucking paid shit. You know, like, people want to be teachers to help people until they can't pay their bills and they have to work at TGI Fridays. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, so it's just. So I think the average pay for a cop is under $60,000. The base of that budget. Whoa. Which is not enough for the hours they work. (laughs) But also, when I said that they should get paid more, that was before I believed in defund the police. So (laughs) I take all that back. Well, and I think, I think, like, the thing is, is if you defund certain aspects, I'm not talking about break down the police entirely, make it way harder for you to get into, one, we need to raise the statistics on that, you know? Oh, yeah, like, guys, I could pass the police physical. (laughs) Yeah, like, cosmetology school is, like, more than police going to be a police officer is longer to go to cosmetology school. Yeah. Literally, it's harder to get into clown college. <laughs> like, literally, actually. John you are statistically me. more likely to become a police officer than get into fucking clown college. Let that the sink name. in for a second. What's the, what's the name of the circus? The big one? Barnum like, and Bailey's. Yeah, Barnum and Bailey's. They're or dead, the Ringling though, right? Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Not anymore. Ringling. I think, I think Steve did Barnum and Bailey's. But... Yeah. There was a John showed me a video yesterday of the like a a news station took a local activist from like the Black Lives Matter to uh, it was kind of like hang out with a cop for a day, but they did a kind of like what they would do in the academy where you have a gun and you have to make a a decision whether they'll like shoot it or not. Like your attacker's coming at you, what do you do? Type of situation, Mm -hmm. and yeah. They do this walkthrough, and the activist gets freaked out all of a sudden because this guy's charging at him, and he shoots him. And the guy that's a cop is like, what are you doing? You just shot an innocent person. He was like, why don't you charge at me? And he, like, obviously was pretty shaken up. And at the end of that, they asked the activist, they were like, what do you think of that? And he was like, well, I think it's it was a really eye-opening thing to see that 
you know, what, how fast everything happens and your split decision, like what that can mean, like what's the effect of that, your split decision. And then that video ended and John looked at me like he had done something. And I was like, to me, that just proved that they need more training. Like that guy had been out in that parking lot for 10 minutes and those cops have been training for, oh, I don't know, like eight hours. Like there needs to be years and years and years of training before you get a gun. And then that just ties into yeah. having oh. for civilians. If civilians have to go through a class to like morally and legally be able to own a gun, there there needs yeah. there has to it has to be tighter. It's way too loose. We have to hold people accountable, and it has to be yeah. tighter. And our system yeah. is racist, and you have also, to admit while we're on the subject that and that, like put, just... put a therapist at like every police station where if they go through something traumatic, they can like yeah, they do on SVU. What are you I've seen it in it? Criminal Minds, and then, and then <laughs> you know, like give everybody some like mental health care here. You yes. know, fucking, we're busting out stereotypes. Think... <sighs> we should or have to do like, or they should have. Not we. In. I'm not qualified for that make them sit in on like people with real mental health problems so they know how they act and they don't just freak out and kill them yeah yeah and it should be like a mandatory like every three months you know like make it frequent well the lovely gentleman who murdered uh rayshard brooks has been arrested well he underwent excessive force training april 20th this year it's fresh Which, on his mind. That's your first We're still problem. During COVID nineteen, no focus on four twenty. Right, that's fair. Um, and then there's another training. So it's like you I can't remember. There's another training very similar to that where it's like, don't shoot your gun, and he did that in January. So obviously, it worked out real well for him. <laughs> But he has been arrested. I will say that I got real mad. So the day it happened, the I think her, I think she's the chief of police, the the boss lady, stepped down of the Atlanta Police Department, and someone was like, "Guess you should get someone made of tougher stuff." And I was like, <gasps> "Guess you should get someone that doesn't stand for killing people." Right? What the fuck. It's tougher stuff. I wouldn't stand for that either. Oh my god. Here's some more tea. You should be sleeping. Defund the police. Use Arcadian and Blank Slate Labs. There you go. I'm serious. They've come out with face cleaners, face cleansers so fast I can't keep up. Like, I can't keep buying them because I have to use the old one first. I don't know. That's a thing I learned in my family. But you can use 15% off. You can use code MURDERBUS to get 15% off at BlankSlateLabs.com and ArcadianGrooming.com. And uh, Black Lives Matter. Yes, that's correct. (laughs) Amen. You know, I know people kind of take it as a meme, but my favorite thing in the world is just when people are like, uh, oh, God, they're like, hey, good morning, everybody. I'm going to give you a DIY real quick. Arrest the cops that murdered Breonna Taylor. (laughs) Is that your favorite? Well, I mean, I did, I even posted, like, I went back to posting my food on Instagram, and it's like, this is 390 calories. Also, arrest the cops that murdered Breonna Taylor. I just like seeing it everywhere, like. Yeah, I agree with that, and that's how I feel about it. But I saw someone post, like, don't make her a meme, and I'm like. 
Yeah. Yeah. Where's the line? I guess... I don't understand what's taking so long for them to arrest those officers. It's kind of ridiculous. What's happening? I know they're trying to come out with a new incident report, but it should not be that hard. (laughs) I feel like I could Uh, fill out that incident report. It shouldn't have been that hard to fill out in the first place. Injuries shot eight times. And then it said none. Yep. Didn't force entry, except with my battering ram, we used it very gently. And then the guy, the person that they were looking for was already in custody. Yeah, that's what, a real big fuck up. What ninnies? What? Don't have at that one, Union. Like, if they... I understand mistakes. I get that. Like, dumb shit happens all the time. But, but like, I'm just one. gonna apply it to flying a fucking plane. If I take off in my... I'm a pilot in a plane... And I take off, and I didn't know that the plane in front of me didn't take off yet, and I run into it. I am fucking culpable for that. I am at fault. <laughs> I fucked up all those people's lives. Yeah, that's super fucked. It doesn't matter that I didn't know. Whoopsies isn't a defense. Going after whoopsies. <laughs> <laughs> whoopsies. Will cry over murder. <laughs> that was totally my bad. Um... Showing up to arrest someone that's already in custody is like being a wait a week late to your wedding. Like <laughs> you know, like the ceremony's over. Yeah, we're already on the bigger, better things now. The other fucked up things are they falsified other things in the report to get the judge to sign the warrant, the no knock warrant. They said that the the UPS told them that they were getting mail for those people at that address. And the USPS said in a statement, capital S, that they said no packages of interest were delivered there. Like, you fucking lied to a judge. It's garbage. (laughs) It's it's garbage. Yeah. What are you going to teach us? I wish that you said something earlier that I wish I, it was like two seconds in and I was like, well, fuck, that's the right transition, my friend. Oh, sorry. Um... (laughs) About things that were not told. So I talked a little bit about um, people who were black throughout history that we just decided were white because it serves our purposes. That's unreal. I did not know that. Fun fact. It's wild. So I think the thing that stood out to me most about this Black Lives Matter movement is the fact that my first instinct, and I talked to Pam about this, is always to ask, okay, wh- how do I help? What what do I need to know? Like, what should I do? And, like, frankly, we've been told how to help for decades and not listening. And that's why all of the how to be an ally stuff says fucking Google it and stop asking your black friends. Um, so decided to fucking Google it. And I was very interested in the things that we have decided were not teachable and did not fit our agenda because I had a history teacher once say, don't forget that history is always written from the perspective of the winner. Oh, Uh, wait, your real life history teacher said that? Yeah. Whoa, good on that. I mean, that was my world history teacher, so (laughs) bless. There was like a lot of history, so I didn't really learn anything in that class because it would be like, Joan of Arc was a person and now we're in late Greece. And I was like, what happened? (laughs) But anyway. Um, so I did a Google on things that have been erased from black history and learned about one of the biggest 
riots and most deadliest riots that have happened in the U.S. that are, it's not, I wasn't taught in school. I feel like should have been fucking taught in school. I feel like there was a real good period in social studies where we talked about segregation where this should have been fucking mentioned. And that is the uh, Tulsa Race Massacre. So our setting is obviously Tulsa, Oklahoma. I wanted to learn about this. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, I got I you, wanted girl. to learn about it, but I was like, I don't know if I can handle more trauma right now because I feel like I'm just like dying inside from other people hurting. Yes. Um, so Tulsa, Oklahoma, 1920s. Racial tensions are obviously high. Um, World War One has just concluded. And um, there was like this big push. I might be making this up, but from my memory, this is the only thing I'm making up because I actually wrote down things this time, which I never do. Yeah, so in my head, and if I remember from history lessons, there was this thing where like race became erased in World War One because they needed, when you fight as a soldier, right, everyone is your brother. Um, that is just like their motto and the, the culture of the military. Um, and so like race kind of got erased while we were doing World War One. But after World War One, people came back and the people that equally fought for our country were still getting segregated. And it was like real fucked up. So um, racial tensions are high. And someone thought that it was okay to start the KKK. I wrote someone because I know who it is and I'm real pissed about it. Because uh, they have a statue in Nashville, but they don't get any fucking airtime on this podcast. Thank you very much. Um, and so the black communities at the time felt compelled to react in similar ways to protect themselves. I, there's a fucking mob. <laughs> so of course you're going to protect your communities. Um, the economy was also surging. And in 1921, Tulsa was feeling this thanks to money from oil. Crime was pretty high, um, so it was a pretty metropolitan area, but even still, crime was high for the area and that similar um, cities. And uh, as a result, so was vigilante justice. So that's fucking cool. But, you know, not great. I say that, don't... The, the law shouldn't even be taken into the law's hand right now, so... Yeah, no. Um, so segregation had forced the black community, which was about 10,000 people into a neighborhood called Greenwood, which against all odds was also thriving and was sometimes called the Black Wall Street. Oh yeah. Memorial Day weekend, we're looking at May 30th, 1921. A black teenager named Dick Rowland entered an elevator of an office building on South Main Street. Elevators at that time still needed operators, which is something like my brain forgets. Uh, And at this time, the operator was a white woman named Sarah Page. I am sticking to facts entirely from this point on. Well, obviously in the other points as well. But, like, this is important because the media goes fucking nuts for this. Um, So the facts are that somewhere between him getting on the elevator and getting off the elevator, she screams and Rowland runs away. Police arrest Rowland the next morning and the rumors go wild. The newspaper publishes that Rowland had committed sexual assault. And a mob of 25 white men stormed the courthouse, which had to be barricaded to protect Rowland. They offered to help guard him, and the police refused. And so, as a result, they tried to break into the National Guard armory. So, white people, thumbs up. Red Lobster Biscuits, I hope you're enjoying that during COVID. 
Um, you know they are. Yeah, they are. More rumors. You know you can make those at home and they're way better. Anyway. <laughs> way less salt, too. But the rumors continue to spread. Um, and the group... The rumor was now that the group had lynched Rowland. And so an army of 75 armed black men, army, group, went to the courthouse to defend him and show their support if that was the case. And um, they were met with the white mob, which had at this point grown to 1,500 people. Shots were fired. No one knows who started it, but it resulted in 12 dead people. And the black men, clearly overpowered, um, you know what? I said 75, it was 750. But 750 black men, 1,500 white men. And the black men were uh, overpowered, so they retreated. At this point, the police thought it would be real cool to deputize and arm some of this white mob. Talk Question mark? What the fuck? Like, everyone went home. Problem fixed. Uh, to deputize and arm these men who proceeded to commit racially targeted acts of violence throughout the night including shooting an unarmed man in a movie theater. So we're now on to June 1st. So the morning of June 1st, the mob poured into Greenwood, looted and burned all 35 of the city blocks. When firefighters arrived to help at the scene, they were threatened with death and the white men shot at them. So they were not allowed to help. The National Guard arrived and called martial arts, martial, martial arts, my fuck. The National Guard arrived and called martial law to end the riot, which ended about noon. During this time, they decided to arrest 6,000 of the people, which would make sense, except disproportionately they were black men. They were held at a fairground for processing. That day, the charges You know, and that's something that could totally happen today. Like... Yeah. And it's totally been happening. It. Yeah, you've seen where they've been corralling people into like, oh yeah, so they can't they can't get home before curfew. Like, right. Anyway, um, so the morning of six one after, well, I guess the afternoon of six one, the charges against Rowland were dropped. He was fucking charged with nothing, citing that it was possible that he just stepped on Sarah Page's foot. Oh my god. Rowland left Tulsa and was rumored to have never returned, as I would also have fucking done. Because, Jesus Christ, Tulsa. Way to welcome a man. Um, the riot resulted in the death of officially 36 people, but the, um, the results later on have said over 100. Um, which is why it's the second most deadliest, second most deadliest? That sounds right. Riot in history. Um... And most of Greenwood was left homeless. Hello, systematic, systemic racism. Like, you just forced out all of your black population. Uh, the black population was never compensated for their damages or their hospital charges. Um, and so they were left to deal with that. Deliberate cover-up efforts were then made. The Tulsa Tribune removed the story of the alleged sexual assault from the later Bound editions. So if you were to go back and look at that part of history, that day is just fucking missing. State militia and police records are also mysteriously missing. And none of this is taught in schools. Jesus. 
That's so gross. Uh, so in 2012, um, in 2012, they passed, they tried to pass in the Senate a requirement that this had to be taught. Let me go back a couple of years. So I believe early 2000s, there was a commission formed to formally investigate and like re-document this historical moment because it wasn't before, um, which is why they the later estimates are much higher in the deaths because there was like no way that only 36 people died. Um, oh yeah, and they probably didn't even count the black people. They probably only counted the white people. Well, in the 36, it's a mix, but there are, like, a ton of unmarked graves, like, yeah. all kinds of bullshit. Like, it's wild. Um, and so through that commission on, in, I think, 2012, they tried to push um, either the House or the Senate to make teaching this event mandatory just in Tulsa, Oklahoma schools. It failed something like 15 to 10 because they said they already taught it. Oh my god. Oh. On a positive note, that um that motion did pass in twenty twenty. So this year this year going forward we're now being taught about this the second largest riot in American history. Wild. And that's just Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's not a requirement for anyone else. Oh uh, wait, what? Yep. So <laughs> I went to the ACLU's page, webpage, because I was just interested. Uh, and they do some interesting studies where we learned that the Southern Poverty Law Center studies show that slavery was not being accurately taught. Even in 2017, only 8% of seniors could identify slavery as the central cause of the Civil War. Holy shit. Yeah, I yeah. could do that. Yeah. And so all of this is to say that what is taught in schools is still catered to white comfort. Uh -huh. And I think we're seeing that today with the defund the police statement, because even people I love that support Black Lives Matter were like, well, I mean, defund the police. That's really drastic. They should rename it something that's more palatable. I've heard that, too, from people uh -huh. I listened to. One was a person of color and uh, they, they were not black, but they were a person of color. And I was just like, really? Like, no, let's go. Let's go for defund. Like, yeah. And settle for what we have to, you know? Let's be radical like Bernie Sanders and demand, you know, free everything, which I know I'm a huge Bernie fan, but really like now pandemic given, like we're getting some of it, you know, like right. <laughs> some people are looking like, so let's just defund it and start all over again and, and see where we get, you know, like. Yeah, like, I mean, it's it's wild to think. I, you just you can't look at the way money is spent in cities and tell me that that's a good idea. Like property taxes define what your school gets, what your school gets for funding. Right. So I live in a giant nice neighborhood. My schools are great. Right. Right. But because of redlining and discrimination and segregation, we had communities like Greenwood that, if that community had survived, would have shitty schools. I told you guys about that podcast I listened to last week, right? About how, um, I don't know if I did or not. I can't remember. But I, I was listening to the Uncertain Hour, and normally they were talking about COVID, but they decided to bring up, um, like, housing and what's going on with COVID and how people could be evicted. Well, so back in the Great Depression, you had Franklin D. Roosevelt and... You know, he's 
was a well-liked president and he helped a lot of Americans at the time, but it was in the 1930s. And so everybody was severely racist because it was the 1930s. And so the government decided that um, it was kind of like 2008 and kind of now where like when people would go to the bank to get a loan for the house, they would get like these horrid bank loans with high interest that they could never get out of. And they would take out a loan for their down payment of their house and then take out a loan for the remaining payments of their house. And so FDR was like, hey, let's have the government buy up all of these terrible loans and then we'll refinance everybody into really good loans. And that way Americans can keep their houses. Well, that would have been fine and dandy, but the government went out into black neighborhoods and went into cities and basically redlined black neighborhoods. And that's where that term came from and put lines around them. And we're like, we can't loan to these people because they're black and they're high risk and they won't pay their money back. And because we're racist as fuck really was the real reason. And so that's one reason why there's no generational wealth is because like in the thirties, like your grandparents or great grandparents might've been able to refinance and then they got to own their home. And then your parents maybe got that home or got to sell that home. And now you have maybe like your parents' house and your grandparents' house, where if you were black, there is no opportunity for that. So people either just got evicted or got foreclosed on or had to be homeless or what, like whatever. And that's why a lot of black neighborhoods fell apart because Americans were getting, or Americans, white people were getting help from the government, but black people weren't. And then this is one of the things where like, you can't say anything bad about Obama because he was the best president ever, but I'm going to say this bad about Obama. So, um, in 2008, instead of doing like FDR did and being like, oh, all these loans that these people have are really bad and really awful. And we need to save everybody. Let's, um, just turn their bad loans into good loans and they can refinance through the government and they can keep their houses. Well, he was like, all the taxpayers are going to pull together and give these banks billions of dollars. And we're going to tell these banks to play nice. Hmm. So the banks get this, these billions of dollars and they're supposed to play nice. But unfortunately, the redlining is still in place. And unfortunately, instead of playing nice, what they did was they kept the billions of dollars and then they basically still foreclosed on all the houses. And what they did was... They sold these houses in groups of like a thousand to rich investment people and they sold them in like lots across the country. So if you're an investment company, not even in real estate, just a regular investment company looking to make money off of investments, you would buy a lot or 10 lots of a thousand houses all across the country, wherever for dirt cheap. One might be 13,000, one might be 50,000, one might be 174,000. Well, the lady she had on the line, or she was interviewing, um, her house was 174000 That's what the uh, real estate or the investment company bought it for. And now it's worth $700,000 and they still own it. And they're charging her $2,600 a month in rent. And she can't move because she can't save up anywhere else to move. Like when you're paying 20, 70% of your paycheck onto rent like you can't afford to save any extra money to get out of that but what i'm saying is on top of the 1930s redlining 
they even did more redlining in 2008 and it just it made the whole situation worse like they're almost fucked like now they're having to basically like help their mother pay rent like they can't even help their mothers buy a house or pay off a mortgage or find a stable home for retirement it's hey help us pay rent so we just have a roof over our head and we're giving our money is directly funneling going to some like rich white person just sitting behind a desk somewhere um and taking our money and reinvesting it in an offshore account or um bank somewhere in a different country deutsche bank was actually the bank but i just i was blown away i was like you know, and then, you know, one of my coworkers was like something about like the generational wealth and they didn't understand how there couldn't be generational wealth. And I was like, well, here's one way. Like they literally, these laws that were implemented in the thirties, like nothing was ever resolved by them. Like they were implemented in the thirties. It happened in the thirties. Yeah. Middle-class white people got to keep their houses, but it literally just screwed black people. And yeah, like there were civil rights things that happened in the sixties and, you know, some things changed, but that didn't give them back their generational wealth. Like they didn't suddenly just get back what they were screwed over in the 1930s. Like how people can pretend that this doesn't exist is absolutely beyond me. I think I'll just like end all of this by saying if something makes you uncomfortable, especially in this world, like, Maybe sit with that and figure out why instead of trying to change it to make you comfortable. Right. Right. 100%. That's the best advice I've ever heard. Sasha. I like, I caught myself real bad and like, I probably will cut this out, but like I was signing petitions probably two weeks ago. I don't know if I even told you guys this story. I think I might've only told it to Pam. Well, I was signing petitions like two weeks ago and, like, there was this big, long chain, and it was, like, not just things that had just happened. It was, like, things where, you know, someone, like, a guy had been committing a crime and got shot. And then I had to stop myself and say, like, wait, we don't shoot people for committing crimes, and we certainly don't shoot them 14 fucking times. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't tell me that one bullet wasn't enough, or two. 14 is excessive use of force and it has to be racially motivated if you're not also doing that to white people like i I mean i think it's good to to get out there like to admit that like maybe more people will do it if people start doing it you know like i i didn't think about you know the death penalty like of course because i'm always just like well yeah somebody rapes and tortures somebody should fucking die that's terrible but like do you know how many black people get convicted of the death penalty and are innocent? Over, and like over white people too. Like even if yeah. they are guilty. Yeah, and for white people too, like definitely. I mean, like even if you are guilty, like I mean the death penalty, like it's kind of extreme because there is that chance. And I'm not it's a hard topic for me, but I'm still learning about it. And I just I just am not sure about the death penalty anymore because, you know, and oh, solitary confinement is definitely torture. That's cruel and unusual punishment and torture. Nobody 
should be put in solitary confinement. And if I can remember his name, I would say it. Do you guys remember the black guy who was accused in New York City of stealing a book bag? And they, there was a show about it. I, I'm really bad at names. I don't remember major movie stars' names or what movies they're in. I just know their face. Um, but this guy was charged with stealing a backpack. He didn't take it. But he was put in, like, Rikers Island for, like, $500 bond. And, of course, his his mom couldn't pay the – his family couldn't pay the bond. They were poor. So, of course, you're supposed to have the right to a fair and fast, speedy trial. Well, he didn't get that either because he's black. So he literally sat in prison. In one of the worst prisons. In, in one the of US. the worst prisons. Yeah. For and allegedly stealing a backpack. You're talking yeah. about Khalif Browder. Thank you. Thank you. I just so much. like fucking and, wild. And that's what was one of Bernie's platforms. He was like, get rid of cash bonds. Like uh when a, he when he got to say that every once in a while he he did, he was always like in a debate and he was ramming it on to other things. But like that getting rid of cash bonds for for black families. Like $500, $300. I mean, that could save so many lives right there. Because how many, how many, like, Khalif ended up committing suicide because he couldn't stand what he was put through in prison because they would put him in solitary confinement for no reason or just to keep him safe, in quotation marks. For 23 hours. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One hour of sunlight a day. That's it. I mean... That's un- that is stupid. That should not be just like at all. There there should be no punishment like that at all. I mean, we could be like even like Sweden where they let like criminals have like large kitchen knives and they let them make <laughs> like really good food. Uh as long as they're like, you know, I mean, god Put the, give them yeah. mental health. Give everybody mental health counselors, for God's sakes. <laughs> Save my life. <laughs> for real. Life's hard. Life is hard. It's not easy for anybody. Like, give everybody a mental health counselor. That's I really like work. that you brought That's up... My advice. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I really like that you brought up the, the death penalty thing, because I, I am pretty, like... I mean, I could be a Texan. I love the death penalty so much. Like, you know, I mean, I'm, the faster the better. Let's get them out of here. But um, that's a really interesting perspective. And I like, I don't know. I never thought about it that way. And I'm I'm very thankful that you opened my eyes to that. I hadn't either. That's and very valid points. one of Bernie's platforms too, but he didn't talk about it a lot because it was really controversial. Um, but it was like, I... I always watch true crime shit and I'm always like, yeah, kill the motherfucker, castrate him, you know, because he raped somebody and that's awful. But then I've heard stories of like so many black people on death row that are like, I did not do this. And I'm like, wow, like we can, we can let the, you know, true criminals rot in jail for the rest of their lives and make them just have them locked up and take away the death penalty and it might save one life. You know, it might even afford that person a chance to get out of jail, even if they're 73 and their life's over. Maybe they won't have to be in solitary confinement for 23 hours a day for the rest of their lives. 
maybe they'll get like a little bit of justice. I mean, we I know that cops are the first things that have to go. I mean, for cops, cop unions, then cops. But like judges also should have like an independent committee that reviews their decisions, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Because there was like recently, I think like a week ago, a judge sentenced two boys, one white, one black, to vastly different punishments, even mm-hmm. though everything was the same. Mm-hmm. Same crime, same prior history, like everything was the same. The boy, I think, got two years in prison and the, the white boy got five months of probation yeah it was wild that and if things are gonna keep getting so like partisan torn apart like have two da's make a republican and a democrat and have them work together make them political party is the next thing that needs to go yeah yeah get rid of that all together work together make there be two judges democrat and republican and make them work together like if we're gonna have fucking elected officials like have one of each and make them fucking work together make them compromise like don't have it so far tilted in one place and so far tilted in another place and it just kind of matters like where you got picked up at or where you because nobody picks where they're born essentially which is another problem like I try to explain to people, I'm like, you know, these people don't get to choose that they're born to a poor black family in, you know, Greenville, Mississippi. Is that a place? I hope so. (laughs) Today (laughs) it is. You know, like you don't get to pick like, you know, and you could want a better, you could be smart and you could want a better education, a better education. But like, it's not there. There are black schools that don't have enough teachers and so their kids just sit and essentially babysit themselves and if you were a good student that wanted to go far how is that fair to you like how it how is that even fair why would you even want to try at that point why would you want to try if your parents had no money for college and your high school was a laughing joke why would you want to try nope Another fun fact about imprisonment, unfair imprisonment of black men, specifically, uh, is that black men, black anyone, anyone that is, <laughs> let me be fair here, uh, anyone that is committed of a felony is not legally allowed to vote anymore. However, prisons happen to be in mostly Republican rural areas. And populations of prisons count towards those counties' populations, which determines things like the number of representatives you get. So it's an unfair bias to get the Republican Party less bad, less contradicting votes, but more yeah. power. Like gerrymandering, basically. It's yeah, like a really sly for it's a really sly form of gerrymandering with people's fucking lives. Yeah. Ugh. I gotta tell you something though, like, our these last two generations, millennials, us, and Gen Z, I think we're ready. Like, there's so many resources to look up facts. Mm-hmm. It's all that, and like, I think we've all had enough. A hundred percent, and I think other generations have had enough too, but they didn't know where to start because for years and years and years and years, their what dad to the and grand. That's what I want to know. Like seriously, they're boomers now. They're boomers now. Well, and Jared and I were talking about this the other day, where millennials were kind of fucked from the get go, right? Because we had Gen X parents. 
because Gen X parents came from the boomers and the boomers taught them like racism is okay as long as it doesn't yes. affect you it's okay and so yes. like millennials had to unlearn that but also, now I have direct boomer parents like they're boomers um, yeah Mine well, I are saw, in their 60s so I saw a tweet that said millennials are the way that we are because we watched 9-11 happen and then it never stopped yeah yeah and I was like ooh big oof that yeah. and like I was in eleventh grade, so like the people that I went to high school with, like it was one of those things where like if they weren't good at school, they got recruited. Yep. Yeah. And just talked about how the military is a poverty machine. Mm-hmm. It is. Michael Moore has good documentaries on that too. Um, but to to finish the thought, this is the first Gen Zers, right? They're like. The youngest, the oldest ones are like 21, 22. Mm -hmm. This is the first time that they've been able to, like, we've done Black Lives Matter before, right? But, like, this is the first time they've been able to participate, have voices, and, like, be cognizant enough to the world around them to, like, look up their own facts. And I think that's really changing things. Yes. Wasn't it um, in Nashville where the teenagers led the yeah. Black Lives Matter? Hell March? yeah. It was teenagers. Five. Little teenagers, little teenage girls, wild, mm. precious babies. Yeah. Obama retweeted them. I love Obama. I love them. I am so proud of them. Like, thank you. Thank you. Because I'm getting to the point where, like, I'm losing hope here, you know? <laughs> Don't lose so hope. Like, That's the problem. You got to turn it off, recharge, come back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You do. You do. You do. You, you know that's the thing and that's 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 the most it's terrible but that's probably the most white privilege part about this is like i get yeah, overdosed and that we can turn it off and then pretend it doesn't exist and then when we're ready check back in and Damn. yeah i guess admitting that is a first step because and i mean i don't do that just with black lives matter i do that with covid like i went for a <laughs> week without happen anymore <laughs> yeah i'm gonna go with a week without seeing what's going on and then yesterday i got on facebook and saw that like the line to the health department was like backed out under the road and they were giving covid tests outside of it and that we went from 243 deaths to 285 deaths to two or not deaths 285 243 active cases to 285 active cases to 297 active cases in three days and uh and during the during the lockdown the most active cases we had at one time was like 25. so we're doing real good here in sevier county so but you know i and i grossly apologize if that like really offends anybody but the majority of white people like yeah they can check out and and turn it off <laughs> and pretend it doesn't exist and then turn it back on but I definitely always, like, one of my favorite pictures right now is, I don't know if you guys have seen it, it's a white guy, he's in a wheelchair, and he has a Black Lives Matter sign, and it says, like, something to the effect of, like, sorry I'm late, I'm still learning. Aww. Yeah, I've seen a few of those. And Babies. I'm like, you know, those are the people that I'm like, like, thank you for admitting you're wrong. Like, that's what we need right now. <laughs> You know, if we can get people to admit they were wrong, like, and admit and come together like that, that'll help so much. Yeah. 
I've got something kind of nice to end on if we want to end on something a yeah, little happier. Yeah, let's end on something nice. I have to go out and find my kitty before it gets dark. Okay. I got this little tidbit. Are we ready? Mm-hmm. West Virginians are campaigning to replace Confederate statues with Mothman. Hell yeah. Get it to um. The Dolly in Tennessee, Dolly Parton. I know. Yep. I love I, it. Have you guys Wait. seen the I've Got Time Today, Becky? Yes. No. So there's the there's a screenshot of the petition to replace the Confederacy statues with Dolly Parton in Tennessee. And someone was like, what the fuck? What has Dolly ever done for us? And the person underneath goes, oh, okay, yeah. I've got time today, Becky. <laughs> like, yes. goes through it. Year by year. So many dollars it yeah. has to be like three or four million dollars that she's invested into tennessee alone she's wild best every city needs to find their uh hero like that yeah Tyler right. perry is playing uh paying for uh richard brooks kids college <gasps> no shut up that's gonna make me cry okay gotta go <laughs> ah. thanks for listening guys Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Thanks. Bye. 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 God, that Tyler Perry thing.